Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Whatcom County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson. Welcome to it. We're a dozen into it. That's right. It is episode 12 of the Cover 3 podcast. Coming to you online at onthedln.com. It's also available to you on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and tune in with their free app. Thank you so much, however you are listening. Doug Lang with you, along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WatcomPreps.com. We are on to the quarterfinals in the state playoffs. And not a giant surprise, still plenty of teams from Whatcom County active. Let's jump right into it. Time for the Cover 3 podcast opening kickoff. If we look back to last week, it was a four and three week for Whatcom County as we bid a fond farewell for the season to Seahome, Squalicum, and Lummy Nation. Uh, Lummy Nation falling to Crescent, a lopsided victory for Mountain View over Squalicum. And I'll tip my hat to Adam Matheson and company down there. The Thunder are a stacked team. Uh, they have Rainier Beach this week. They are going to be a hard out uh, in the uh, in the 3A playoffs moving forward. Seahome comes up short to Liberty in a game where they still had a chance down to the final seconds before an interception of Jacob Kaepernick ends the season. And I, I imagine you've already got, Tyler, you've already got a text from uh, Kevin Beeson maybe a couple of times. I know I did right afterwards and just his frustration and not being able to get that game because their defense did a pretty good job. Uh, they cost themselves a couple of early scores and then had that chance late in the contest and, and couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, they gave up the opening kickoff for a touchdown too, yep. which is a huge sting. And that that's the third time that happened to Seahome this year. Um, you know, and it just it's it's too bad because they just had such a great season and they were able to move the ball with that umbrella defense, they really had to just kind of pinpoint their passes and get down the field slowly. They they were able to bottle up Dylan Roberts pretty well, but yeah, it was it was such a heartbreaking game, and and they had to come back and they just ran out of time. Shout out victory for Lyndon Christian at Civic Stadium and Mount Baker big on the road over Montesano, and that gets us to the couple of games that really stood out to me of what we saw in this past week. And Lyndon thirty four, Eatonville fourteen, and you look at it and you say, wow, well they just rolled it wasn't that case they were trailing after one half of play a big second half turnaround by the lions trailed the cruisers seven six at halftime linen scores the next 28 straight points to put it away after the game we asked senior offensive lineman jacob kettles what was the difference in the second half we came out and decided uh, to play our brand of football uh come out hit them hard um have fun while we play we were just we were just grinding too hard in the first half now, I know you guys got an opportunity to catch a little bit of that one. Uh, I'm just wondering, is that – it's it's not fair to say rust. They did play a district game, but they haven't had a close or really meaningful game in many weeks for this Linden team. So I'm just wondering if that first half, it was kind of slow to get going, and then all of a sudden second half because it starts to get very real from here on out. Yeah, it, it, it looked like there was just some things that just – they just weren't on the right page with a few things, a few missed assignments, dropped passes. Um Nothing crazy. It was just kind of, uh, you know, they hadn't punted in over a month. You yeah. know, there was a lot of weird things. And even Coach uh, Blake Van Dalen said when he called for punt, everyone just stood around and he goes, come on, guys, punt. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was nothing that he said he didn't change anything at halftime. He just said, guys, just keep just do what you're supposed to do. And they came out and they did great in the second half. The reward for the Lions, a state playoff rematch with the last team to beat them in the Tumwater Thunderbirds, who knocked off Linden in the first round of the state playoffs last year. Both Kettles and senior defensive back Brendan Kleindell sounded pumped for the rematch. Oh, I, I can't wait. to get another shot of them. Yeah. Lost them last year. Just I can't wait. Yeah. Like Jacob said, we're, we're just excited to play them. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, time to get some revenge. Yeah, if 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 they weren't 
kind of focused, and I, I'm not saying that they weren't, but maybe just kind of slow to get things rolling. I, I think the focus will be there for a rematch against Tom Water. Yeah, I, I think uh, definitely Lyndon got it going. You know, that second half, you know, and they'll carry that into this next week. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard for some of these teams that where they haven't really been pushed a whole, you know, very hard for a while to all of a sudden, hey, we got to get it going. And, you know, I think what happened last Saturday, they just, you know, they ho-hummed through that first half. And they're an experienced group. They realized what they had to do to get the job done. And they definitely did in the second half. And I expect them to continue on against Tumwater this weekend. How about Meridian 40, Elma 21, another close game coming to the half. Trojans trailing 14-13. Then Kevin Galliano strikes three seconds to go before halftime with a four-yard TD reception, making it 19-14. Trojans never trailed again. And, Tyler, I'm feeling like it's deja vu all over again to that Meridian Nooksack game because maybe the timing is not quite exactly the same, but pretty darn close with a Galliano touchdown at halftime that changes the eventually the outcome of the game yeah that was a pretty close game too and that was on a that was on a fourth down play that we saw at, um in the, in the nooksack game this was you know it's kind of like a more of a third and goal but uh, it was a great it was a great play by dawson logan and kevin galliano and i felt the exact same thing and it did catapult them into the second half and they just had an answer for everything Galliano, huge, huge game for the junior. He also scored on a 41-yard interception return, had three interceptions on the night. After the game, our own Cover 3's Tyler Anderson asked the newly named 1A Boys WIAA Athlete of the Week if this was indeed the best game he's ever played for the varsity. On defense, I think it has been my best game so far because uh, I, I owe it all to the, uh, how we prepare at practice. Our coach... Uh, put us like drill after drill, uh, practicing on breaking on a route, especially th- those routes because they run them. Yeah. So I saw that that exact route maybe like 20, 30 times at practice. So just broke on it like it was practicing. Yeah, the early yeah the earlier interception, the one in the end zone was huge because yeah. they were coming down and it was I mean it was a close game. You kind of stopped that. Yeah. Um, tell me about that play when they were rolling out to the right. Uh, usually when they roll out to the right. Uh, the quarterback he'll pretend to run it and then uh the receiver will like stop a little bit and then run her out yeah and so uh i was told just to stay with my receiver and if like i see the quarterback start to like pull the ball up and start to throw then break on the ball and i did i broke on the ball and i should have stayed in the end zone but <laughs> you just so want to run right yeah <laughs> I thought someone said go go go, but I, I talked to Maybe my they were saying no no no. no. That's exactly what he said. He said no no no, and I took off. No no no. Wait. Well, it's okay. You won one one. Uh, Forty to twenty one. The final in that one. Meridian moving on as are uh, Linden as well as Mount Baker and Linden Christian. Four for the quarterfinals. We'll get to all of them right around the corner. But first. That's right. It's time to crunch the numbers. And that's coming from a guy who was very ecstatic to hear that when I was in Vancouver last week, there was a guy next to me. I was I was doing it solo. I got uh, Patrick Brown to jump into the color chair. Didn't I said, don't worry about any stats, keeping any track of that. We'll do our best. And there was a guy, I want to say he's from like Columbia today. I can't, I'm sorry if I can't remember. And he said, oh yeah, I'm doing stats. I'll take care of that. Biggest smile of the night uh, during the podcast for our own uh, stats guru, Tyler Anderson. Tyler, what kind of numbers do you have for us? Well, I got a few things about uh, some of the players that are still playing. Last week, uh, Dawson Logan ran for 185 yards in that playoff win. That's the most ever by a Meridian player in a playoff game. Wow. Yeah, which that's was, surprising I, to me. I, yeah, I want I wanted to look back and say when was the last time, you know, that was the most since when and I kept looking back and and um, that was the most ever for a playoff game for Meridian in a state playoff game. Uh, Linden also has four players that have over 400 yards rushing on the game due to injuries and different uh, things which shows really shows their depth uh, eric martin Mann, steven de lorenzo james marsh and brock hepner all over 400 yards that's the only time that's happened in linden school history it was they came really close in 1977 back when you were uh broadcasting those lions games hey right? and, wait a minute <laughs> wow. and uh, uh mike hill brent rutgers ray alexander 
were all over 400, and Brian Anderson had 376, so they were really close. Well, if they, you know what? If they have a nice run here, Trevin Melendez exactly. could add to that and become the fifth. Exactly. I was just going to say he's pretty. He's, he's he's actually really close, and to be the fifth, that'd be that'd be really be something a hard record to break. And also, uh, Caleb Bass is 166 yards away from 4,000 passing yards in his career. Kind of hard to believe with the way Mount Baker plays, but he does like to go deep. His 18.3 18 yards per completion in his career is the most ever for someone that's thrown for that many yards in Whatcom County history. Wow. Very impressive. I love it. I love the deep dive into the numbers. I don't love it as much as Tyler, but I don't think anyone could. And finally, on the opening kickoff, I got a chance to catch up with Linden Tribune sports reporter Eric Trent. Hopefully you've seen a few of his pieces throughout the year. Uh, the one that stands out to me the most was that one on Jay Travier. Just a great piece about his childhood and, and what he's kind of overcome and, and, and how he's obviously had such a great season with Seahome this past year. Talked to Eric Trent earlier today to get his thoughts on the season to this point and what to expect in the quarterfinal round. We started things off uh, by asking and talking about what he thought was the biggest storyline so far this season. Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have the success that football teams have had here. Um, I think the top storyline for me was Seahome's turnaround from an 0-10 season two years ago, and now they go, you know, win their their share of their first title since 2001. And then they knock off ninth ranked uh, Archbishop Murphy on the road, and then they, you know, come one touchdown away from tying Liberty. Um, it's just kind of incredible to see that turnaround so quickly. Uh, Coach Beeson and their other coordinators have really turned the, the team around. Eric, what are your thoughts on uh, the Watson County League? Uh, you know, three teams advance into the playoffs, and there's still three teams alive here at quarterfinal weekend. I think it just shows not just the strength of the 1As within the NWC, but also the entire conference, since quite often uh, those four 1A teams end up playing up during the non-conference portion of their schedule. Yeah, going into last week, I thought Evergreen, the Evergreen 1A conference was about as equal as the Northwest 1A conference. But yeah, after Mount Baker blew out Montesano, um, I, don't, I don't think there's any question that Northwest Conference 1A is the best uh, in the state. It's incredible to have three of the teams in the quarterfinals. They're definitely the powerhouse uh, conference in the state. Eric, what has been your experience now, you know, going to all of the different areas and, you know, here in Washington County to cover these games and just kind of the, the zeal and love here for the community for uh, prep football and certainly a real resurgence with the city schools with the success for Seaholm and Bellingham this past year. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Pacific County where, you know, if a team makes it to state in football, it's like a big deal. Um, we, we, I, I'm not used to seeing this kind of success uh, countywide with uh, schools in football. And, yeah, it seems almost most of the schools here now are really good and make the playoffs. It's been it's been fun to go to each different place and kind of see the support that the community has given them because the, I feel like the communities do rally around the teams even if they're not doing good, um, but especially if they are doing good. Um, the Seahome Bellingham double did two games in a row um, at the end of the season, a playoff game and then uh, the end of the season game. And when those two teams played, there was both sides of the stands were packed. I think when football is doing well, it's really fun to watch here in Malcolm County. That is the voice of Eric Trent. He writes for the Linden Tribune. You may have seen him at a slew of different prep football games during the season. He joins us here on the Cover 3 podcast. Eric, looking ahead, it is the quarterfinal weekend. I know you're going to be covering the doubleheader going on at Civic on Saturday. The four teams, what's your top storyline moving forward here with, with all four of these teams you know, some with taller tasks than others here in this quarterfinal round. Yeah, one one game I'm really looking forward to is uh, Linden versus Tumwater, which is going to be a rematch of last year's state playoff opener, where Tumwater beat the, uh, Linden the 23 to 21. And now, you know, after last week's win over Eatonville, Coach Blake Van Dalen said that you know it was hard for him to focus on Eatonville because the team has really had their sights set on. Tumwater all last, you know, since last season. And so um, it's going to be interesting to watch what what unfolds there. And I know that um, Tumwater is looking forward to this game, too, because as I was covering the Eatonville-Lending game, I started getting followers from Tumwater who were 
uh, keeping an eye on if Linden was going to make it to the next round. So I think everyone's kind of has been anticipating this game for a long time. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Eric, with the quarterfinals upon us, I mentioned the tall task, and obviously Mount Baker's got to go on the road, and they've got to beat number one, uh, you know, defending champ multiple times in Royal. Uh, you know, that's that's obviously no easy task. You've got Lyndon Christian having to go against Hopewiam. Uh, we, we already mentioned the Linden matchup against the Tumwater squad that knocked them off last year. Uh, Meridian with another, uh, you know, tough matchup, although it's, a, a, you know, a repeat of them taking on Colville, a team that they beat in the regular season. And yet, you've got to feel good with all four of these teams advancing to the semifinals just because of their pedigree, because of their coaching staff, and because of what they've done so far this season. Yeah, I actually do feel good about all three of those matchups because with, with Lynn and Christian, they take on a Hoquiam team that um, they beat uh, Elma 14-13 to just a month ago. They barely beat Elma. And then, you know, Meridian obviously beat Elma 40-21 to last Saturday. You know, after seeing what Mount Baker did to Montesano, who's in the same conference as Hoquiam, it it's just hard to believe that Hoquiam is, is as good as their record says. They are undefeated, but I, I don't think they're as strong they're as strong as they appear to be. And then with Meridian and Colville, Meridian has already beat them once. What what happened after their matchup is both teams actually started winning a lot of games. I don't think Colville's lost since that 27-14 defeat to Meridian. Um, it was back in week two. So I I think Meridian can handle Colville. Uh, Mount Baker and Royal. Royal is undefeated. And they've, I think they've allowed, uh, what was it, 20 points all season. 27 points all season, and 17 of those were in one game. Um, so they're ranked number one for a reason. But if you look at the teams that Royals played, it's a lot of um, the Eastern Washington teams like Waluke, Warden, um, Keona Benton. I think only four of their opponents even have winning records. So I think Royals maybe not as good as they were last season when they beat Simon Burkett and Meridian. So I think Matt... <laughs> What Mount Baker has been doing to their first three opponents in the playoffs, I think they definitely have a chance against Royal. My conversation from earlier today with Linden Tribune sports reporter Eric Trent. If you haven't checked out his work, please do so. You'll see him coming up on Saturday at Civic Stadium for the double header. And there you have it. Well, that's our opening kickoff. Do up next. We'll get you ready for the four-pack of quarterfinal matchups with our game previews as the Cover 3 podcast continues right here on the Doug Lang Network. Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to episode 12 of the Cover 3 podcast. Doug, Jeff, and Tyler with you online at www.onthedln.com. The podcast also available to you on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn as well. Wherever you are listening, we thank you so much for joining us. It is time, of course, to look ahead to the quarterfinal matchups and four Whatcom County teams are still alive. Let's jump right into it. We'll go in chronological order. Our first game, Mount Baker, 8-4 on the year at number one Royal, 11-0, 1 o'clock at David Nielsen Field in Royal City. And something's got to give in this matchup of the one versus nine seeds. Mount Baker, your top scoring team out of Whatcom County, averaging 36.3 points per game. The Knights, the top-ranked team in the 1A, they have surrendered just 27 points all season long with six shutouts in their past seven games. You can't doubt Royal. They're the three-time def- state defending champs. Uh, you know, they haven't been beaten in... I don't know, you know, since I was, you know, calling him back in 1977, as you <laughs> joked around. But uh, but there is a question mark of 
who, they, as we've said many times throughout this season, you know, once we've gotten the playoffs or when we have non-conference games, who are these teams playing? Uh, Eric Trent mentioned it in our last segment. There is a question mark as to how stiff their competition was during the regular season. Yeah, and I, I spoke with uh, Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps about this game because I really wanted to get his perspective, and, and he said that if anyone's going to take Royal, it might be Mount Baker because they're going to smash them up front. Royal's right. really big up front, yep. and they just bully everybody, you know, and, and, and they're just really good at getting that intimidation factor out of the way, and then they just roll. And he's like, I don't know if they can do that to Mount Baker, and that might be something challenging for the Knights that they yep. haven't seen. So, Mountaineers coming off of a 48-7 to road win over Montesano last week to open up the state playoffs. Mount Baker coach Ron Lepper says it was huge for them to get on the scoreboard first. It's a really great place to play a high school game. Um, their fans are very knowledgeable, get very excited about their program, which they should. Um, so for us to, to get there and, and after you know our first offensive series to go down and score, was um, really big and then you know probably two keys to me you know if you want to look at two plays was the next series when you know, they're driving the ball and Caleb you know fast intercepts the ball and goes 84 yards the other way and then um, we're up 20 to nothing they come down and score and then we come right back to the next drive and score again and then you know and then we're able to you know they made a 27 20 I believe and then we stop them um, late in the half and, and uh, force them. When they go up for the fourth down, we stop them, and then we're able to, to put another another score on with five seconds to go, and, and that really kind of, I think, put the dagger in at that time. The reward for getting that win is playing in one kind of uh, old-school barn is a trip to another old-school barn as they're going to play in Royal City. And, Jeff, you have some experience there. It's also part of the baseball field. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, it is. It's uh, one just big complex. <laughs> it's just when, right there. You, yeah. you showed us a photo, and I can see the football field, and there's the baseball field. Like it almost. I mean, I kind of felt like I was looking at a Raiders game where yeah. it's like, hey, there, there's there's part of the uh, the infield out there on the yeah. uh, football field. Yeah, and Hoke Queen's the same way. Yeah. Well. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They're both the exact same. So it's uh, no. I think Royals a little nicer yep. than Hoke Queen's. Queen's got the. The ambience, I guess, you know. Sure, it, but uh, and that's what I'm looking for with my football game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some nice lighting, some ambiance, yeah, maybe a little Keontae. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Royal blanked Riverside, 41 nothing last week. Alonzo Hernandez ran for four touchdowns in the victory. Coach Lepper says the Knights, they are the real deal. They live up to the hype. I mean, they're good on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, they've got athletes out there that have been there and understand, you know, understand their system. Uh, they play with a lot of confidence, which they should, you know, and so you just know that, uh, especially traveling to their place, that you, know, you have to prepare, uh, try to weather the storm early, not, you know, hopefully dig yourself in a hole and then just continue to battle and, and give yourself an opportunity and, and then get into the, later in the game and, and, and see how it goes. If the big question for Royal is whether or not they've played anyone that matches the talent of Baker or the 1A of the Northwest Conference, on the other side, it'll be that mental task for the Mountaineers of trying to knock off the three-time defending champs and a team that has really kind of been thought of as kind of just a step beyond everybody else in that single A. Lepper says his guys, they're focused on beating the best in 1A. Well, I think they're excited about that opportunity. You know, we... We haven't. I feel we really haven't shied away from that all year long. And, and you know, the first game of the year we played a really good Linden team, and and um, we're willing to get after it there and, and continue to battle. And so we're hoping that you know we, we know that we have that in us if we prepare for ourselves. So the key is having a good week of practice and and not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Just knowing that hey, we're gonna, each day we need to get better, get a better idea of what they want to do, and then hopefully when we uh, when we show up on Saturday that we're able to give a great effort and, and you know whatever happens then we'll, we'll take it but you know just give ourselves that opportunity to, to compete there and, and um, battle with them. Tyler mentioned earlier that you know Royal's big but Mount Baker doesn't shy away from kind of bashing into that line and, and getting down and dirty so to speak that what I also think gives them more than a puncher's chance in this one is they can light up a scoreboard. They can get a lot of points, and they can score quickly, which is what they did against Montesano, kind of taking all the fight out of their opponent. Yeah, you know, and I was listening to the uh, the, the Montesano radio crew doing the game last Saturday, and they were just dumbfounded by what they saw Mount Baker doing on the field. I mean, 
I think they thought they had a really good team coming into that game. Montesano did, and Mount Baker jumped on them so fast. The, the announcers didn't even know what to say. They were just like, "Wow, that, this that, is that incredible. should never happen ever." <laughs> <laughs> and and they were they didn't know what to say. And I think if Mount Baker can come out and physically match Royal up front to start this game out and maybe get a quick score, it's going to definitely put Royal back on their heels. Yeah, they're you know it's it's, it's going to be interesting because I think that I think if Royal gets to the state championship game that they'll win because. They're so used to being at the Tacoma Dome and all that stuff. I think sure. for them to lose, it would be early, it would have to be earlier. This is the best chance that Mount Baker, you know, has. I think the best chance for a Walken County team to, to knock Royal out because when once a team gets to the state championship, you know, it, you get know, every, tight. everything yep. gets yeah, you yep. you know, and, and Royal's been there, so you gotta beat them now. The winner in this one moves on to a semifinal matchup against the winner of the Meridian Colville game. Speaking of which, that is game number two. Colville, eight and two against number eight Meridian, eight and three, one o'clock, right here at home in Bellingham at Civic Stadium. It's the fourth seeded Trojans versus the fifth seeded Indians and the second matchup of the year between the two squads. Meridian erased an early deficit to beat Elma 40 to 21 to advance last week. Dawson Logan totaled four touchdowns and 331 yards of offense to go along with Kevin Galliano's three interceptions. Now, we didn't hear back from Coach Bob Ames this week, but after Meridian's victory on Saturday, he gave us a quick scouting report of what he sees coming in the Indians. I expect to see them come out and just, you know, slam the ball at you and then play action pass down the field of quarterback. This is a state wrestling champion. He's like 6'3 and about 215. Wow. And he can run. Yeah. He tore us up. Jacob Larson rushed for 155 yards, four touchdowns last Saturday. Colville defeated 12-seeded Connell 48-7 at home. Now, we mentioned that this is a second matchup, and and when you say, okay, it's a, a second matchup and that's always tough and it's tough to beat a team a second time, I think it's a huge advantage for anyone coming out of the Whatcom County or Whatcom County League out of the 1A of the Northwest Conference because they do it all the time. They have to prep for it. Most other teams around the state never do. Yeah, that might give Meridian the edge, especially in the beginning of the game. They'll know how to counter a, a few a few different things, and uh, and that game the last last time was played at a at a neutral neutral, neutral field. Pashaston. Right. Lovely Pashaston. Coach James was so excited about he that. He really was. And uh and so it could give Meridian an early advantage and um you know I look for Dawson Logan to really do do his thing on Saturday. The two teams did meet back in uh September 8th in Pashaston. Trojans won that one 27-14. Uh, second week of the season, uh, Dawson Logan ran for three touchdowns, passed for another in the game that Meridian never trailed in. And Trojans running back and linebacker Dylan Hickok, he remembers the game well. You know, that game, I honestly don't think we played our best game. I think it's one of the worst games that we've played where we still came out and won. Yeah. So I think, honestly, what it all has to do with is coming out with that mentality that, you know, like, let's go, it's time to go, let's win this game kind of thing. Kind of right. how we, I, feel, I feel like we did that pretty well tonight. Yeah. Uh, minus a few mistakes, we just kind of need to limit our mistakes and make them make mistakes kind of thing. Jeff, I, I know you, you talked to a couple of players after the game down there on the field, and, and I, I got the sense that Meridian liked the test that they got and the response that they were able to deliver against Elma. Elma looked pretty good and gave them a scare, and, and boy, oh boy, sometimes you get that and, and it really refocuses you. I think they also like the fact that they're at their home away from home again here at Civic Stadium. Yeah, being being able to play at home and, and sleep in your own bed and stuff prior to a game, that, that's a huge thing. I mean, Colville, they're going to have to come all the way across the state, you know, on a, on a bus and I don't care if it's a chartered bus or not. You are sore getting Especially that playing bus. that 1 o'clock game. Yeah, How do you do so, that? Do you yeah, come the night before? Are you staying over either way? Or is it just up early in the morning? It can play a big role. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on the school district and the parents if they want to pay the money to send them over the night before to stay in a hotel. So, you know, I'm not sure what Colville is going to do. Either way, it's, it's a long drive for them. And, you know, the surprising thing I got from talking to uh, – uh, Kruzich and Logan was after the game. I said, you know, what what changes do you guys make at halftime? 
And both of them gave the exact same answer. We did not make any changes. We just executed better in the second half. Yeah, well, and, so. and they're a team that, I mean, you never doubt the game plan Meridian comes into a contest with. It's just a matter of whether or not they can follow that game plan and execute it, and they certainly did in the second half, and they got that win. They were able to do it in that first matchup against Colville. They'll try it again. Uh, was able to dig back into the archives to see what Coach Ames had to say prior to that regular season matchup all the way back on September 8th. Well, besides being the biggest, one of the biggest schools in Class A, they also have probably the biggest bodies in Class A. They've got some huge kids, and they're all seniors. All, uh, I think they, they start one one junior on either side of the ball. Could we see a high-scoring affair at Civic? Colville averages or comes into the game with an almost 39 points per game average. The Trojans averaging just over 29 points per contest. Colville chasing their first state championship in football. Indians' highest finish back in 2014 when they lost to Cascade Christian in the state title game. Meridian looking to add to their three state championship trophies and are two victories away from a return to the championship game after a second-place finish last season. Moving on, we jump to the 2A ranks. Linden, number two in the state, 10-0 versus number six, Tumwater, 10-1. That one, 1 o'clock at Civic Stadium. Wait, mark that. That's not a 1 o'clock. That is a 4 o'clock at Civic Stadium. Uh, it is a renewing of a rather strong rivalry in a showdown between the third and sixth seeds. The Lions used a big second half to down Eatonville 34-17 last week at Civic. Quarterbacks James Marsh and Brock Hepner combined on all five touchdowns, including a passing hookup between the two for a score. We got an opportunity to talk to Coach Blake Van Dalen, that is, about how important the dual quarterback system they implemented a handful of games into the season has been this year. Well, it's kind of been uh, the key to our success in the sense of, I can't remember last time, two weeks in a row, we had a quarterback throw for a touchdown, catch a touchdown, and run for a touchdown. And it hasn't been the same quarterback two weeks in a row. So those two are performing at an extremely high level within the, the system that we're giving them. And they're not making excuses. They're just making plays. And, you know, coming down the pipe here in the playoffs, if I had run one or the other 20 times a game, I don't know if they would be here. But because it's about 10 each, uh, plus our running back, you know, we rushed for 300 yards. And absolutely, all three of those felt great after the game. They, they, they had big smiles on their face, and they're ready to hit today. It is a risky proposition to go with two quarterbacks. You know the old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. But that's not the case. They truly do have two starting quarterbacks on this team. Not only are they good and bring a different look, when they're not quarterbacks, they're weapons at wide out. And as Coach said, it's protected them from getting too banged up so that they're fresh to go here for the playoffs. Yeah, it's amazing. And they're both they're both playing on defense a lot. You know, James Marsh had an, inter had an interception um, last week, I believe, or a week and a half ago. And, uh, and Hepner has been tremendous on defense as well. And you're right, them staying in the game on offense. And Coach Blake Van Dalen has said before, the two are best friends. Yep. I think that helps a lot. And and they and they you know they're not trying to one up each other or anything. It's all about the team, and they're it's it's working for them. Tom Water used some late game heroics to advance to the quarterfinals. Running back Hunter Baker ran for a 53 yard touchdown with less than two minutes to play as the T-Birds down Prosser 21-14 at home. The Lions they'll give the ball to Trevin Melendez again this week at running back. Van Dalen likes what he saw out of the senior last week in that win over the Cruisers. Well, it'll be great for our program to watch. A kid like Trevin Melendez, I, I think I would put him in our top five as far as hardest worker, and he has been for the four years he's been here. And he's never complained. He's never uh, been disgruntled about his role on the team. He just patiently waited and worked his butt off, and now he's getting a chance. And their first game as a starter to have 100 yards rushing in a playoff game um, against a really good defense uh, tells you that he's just been waiting his turn and, and that's part of a strong program and hopefully our young kids are watching that and, and waiting their turn and working hard. 
It is another rematch. Now, granted, not from the same year, from last year. Uh, if you go back in a ways with the rivalry, Linden beat Tumwater 38-28 back in 2013 to claim the state title. But more recently, Thunderbirds knocked Linden out of the state playoffs with a 23-21 win in the round of 16 last year. So is it about revenge coming up here this Saturday? Well, Coach Blake Van Dalen, he chose a different word. I think we talked about redemption in the sense of uh, you just don't get a second chance in life very often, you know, and when you do, you want to make the most of it. And the cool part is for our kids, we feel like we've made the most of it in the off season, our hard work, um, our focus, no days off, things like that. And so we feel, first of all, that we've earned this opportunity. And I wouldn't lie that when the kids heard the, the final score and that they were going to get a second chance at Tumwater, the cheer in the locker room might have been a little bit louder than the cheer of the fact that we just won a playoff game. So our kids have the right approach. They've put in the time. They've wanted this opportunity. You know, there's always that phrase, careful what you wish for, and that's what Tumwater is. If we play bad, it will not go well. But if we play well, uh, I like our chances. Jeff, uh, coaches, you know, they'll never say revenge. You can't say it as a coach, but you can say, you know, payback or redemption or whatever. You know as well as I do, if you get that opportunity and you're a player, you're thinking revenge. Oh, totally. I mean, that's, I guarantee every day at practice, that's what they're talking about. The players are talking about it. You know, the coaches, they won't say it in front of the players. Yeah, players already eyeballed it in the brackets of what could happen. Yeah, and I guarantee that the Linden coaches, when they're sitting around their office, they're using that word and, and they're excited for it and uh you know it, this could be a very exciting football game i mean these are two story programs absolutely around you know yep. in in washington history both, and, both with new coaches that uh, you know obviously yes. sid otten and and kirk cramey but but still kind of maintaining what they've done what got them to yeah. where they are yeah they've kept you know they they run the same thing still it's the same philosophy at both schools and um, you know, it's hard to replace two great coaches like Sid Otten and, and Kirk Cramey. And, but, you know, Blake Van Dalen and the new coach at Tumwater are doing a great job. Winner will move on to the semifinals in a matchup against either Fife or Black Hills. And final game of quarterfinal Saturday involving a Whatcom County team. Number seven, Linden Christian at 9-2 and two versus number three, Hoquiam, 10-0, 5 o'clock, Stewart Field in lovely Aberdeen. Make it three 1A Northwest Conference squads in the quarterfinals as the six-seeded Lynx hit the road to battle the third-seeded Grizzlies. Pretty impressive for a trifecta that has been all, that has all been state-ranked and sports a combined 25-9 and nine mark despite having to play each other twice during the regular season. So what does the Northwest Conference 1A dominance mean to Linden Christian head coach Dan Kamick? Well, it just kind of echoes what we all kind of say to each other every time we meet each other twice a year. It's just how challenging it is. Uh, you know, you throw Nooksack in the mix too, you know, they go out and beat a really good Baker team at the end. So the four of us have kind of put together a pretty nice league where we just kind of beat on each other all year. And, you know, if you can survive it from an injury standpoint, it makes you better going down the stretch. I mean, it's encouraging to see, you know, Meridian and uh, Mount Baker this week playing teams that Hoquiam has played. And while Hoquiam has beat both those teams, you know, it wasn't by a significant amount. And so that encourages us knowing that we're kind of, you know, battle-tested going into the playoffs. Uh, that being said, I mean, we've got a long drive on Saturday and a very tough opponent that obviously has earned their number three ranking in the state. But we feel pretty good about how who the teams we've played and we can kind of say to our kids, hey, it's no different than playing Baker or Meridian and that kind of game. So uh, hopefully uh, that'll help us going into uh, Saturday's game. The Lynx shut out Cascade Christian 20 to nothing last week in the round of 16. Cougars were without their all-everything quarterback who was still in concussion protocol. But kudos to the LC defense that held a team averaging 550 yards of offense to a total of uh, 124 yards of offense. That defense has just been outstanding from day one. Yeah, the, the defensive line just handled the offensive line of Cascade Christian. I mean, Zach Sitma and Dylan Kamek up front, they're each about 240 pounds, and, they, and they're and they both on the, de- the defensive tackle spot, and they just shot through all the time. I mean, it wasn't like 
they just throw all the time. Cascade Christian is a really good running back as well, and they held. I mean, it was just they just couldn't do anything on offense. And uh, you're right, the Linden Christian defense all over the place, all 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 three levels they really dominated. Final score wouldn't indicate it, but it was a fairly tight game for much of it. The Lynx didn't really put things away until H-back slash fullback Sam Faber scored from two yards out early in the fourth quarter. Kamick says the senior has been a key player on both sides of the ball all season long as they try and keep him healthy week to week. We've been in a situation this year where, you know, if we can have him on defense, we consider that a bonus and we need him on offense. So last few games prior to the game Saturday against Cascade Christian, he had been playing the bulk of his time offensively, but we were really pleased that he got through the game defensively too. Um, to get him a score there at the end was really nice to see the first person celebrating in the end zone with him with his brother Will was a really cool thing too. So, uh, you know, Sam is huge for us going forward as, a, as are a number of our other two-way guys. And for him to play both and to get the touchdown after he has caused so many from the standpoint of his blocking was very gratifying for us and for him. Sam Faber is kind of the heart and soul of that LC team in that he's not going to get a lot of the glory. In that H-back position, you just get crunched over and over again. And they had him in, in the interior at, at middle linebacker or interior linebacker, and he was getting hit so much they were worried about keeping him healthy. They moved him to the outside to limit a bit of that. It, it, he he needs to be able to play every week for them to have the best shot possible. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's he's the unsung hero of that team, and and every team in this that's made it this far into the season, they've got yeah. a favor. They've got one of those guys yeah. that doesn't get a lot of notoriety, you know, in the on the radio, on the podcast, in the newspapers, TV, whatever. But you have to have those dirt bags yep. to go out there and and just do the dirty the work. Yep. Do the dirty work, and he is that kid right there. Let's be very clear. He does get some love right here on this podcast. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Sam Favor is awesome. I mean, we saw him in week one catch a couple of those touchdown passes, and he, you know, he throws some devastating blocks and such a great defensive player. His second year as a starter, you know, his dad is uh, part of the defensive uh, coaching yep. For the, for the team, he was a great defensive back for LC back in the early 90s. And I love it that his kids' names Sam and Will, yeah. which, which you know, for those of you who are not huge football gurus, usually the linebackers, strong side linebackers named Sam, weak side linebackers named Will. And uh, it's really cool to see them both out there doing doing their thing. We hope that there's another one coming along named Mike. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. There you go. i got to get all those linebackers in there. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what else do I got here for you? Uh, Hoquiam. They beat Stevenson 49 nothing last week. Senior running back Antonio Garcia goes for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Quarterback Peyton Quintanilla, I hope I'm saying that correctly, added two passing touchdowns and went 10 of 13 through the air. Kamek says their focus has to be on stopping the Grizzlies quarterback. He's about 220 pounds, likes to run the ball. Uh, he really excels in the situation where the, the play breaks down and he scrambles. And if you know, you notice these teams are rushing him and they're getting an arm on him, but they're not getting him down. I mean, he's really going to have to be someone that we're going to have to pay attention to, stay in our rush lanes, and then make him stay in the pocket if he's going to hurt us. Because if he gets on the perimeter, that puts us in kind of a real bind from a defensive backfield. So we look at him being kind of the guy. Um, they've got a huge fullback, probably about 260, a real big, tall receiver at 6'6". So they've got the athletes in there in, in that that you would expect to find you know when you get to the final eight but i think it hinges on their quarterback and what he does hoquiam knocked out of the state playoffs last year by meridian grizzlies haven't advanced past the first round since back in 1976 linden christian's last trip to state 2007 ended with a first round loss to kalama and there you have it. there are your quarterfinal matchups whatcom county no game of the week for us this week. We'll explain in a moment. Plus, it is also time for us to, well, hey, I didn't mean to hit that button, so now I'll hit this button instead. Right there. There, much better. Make our weekend picks for the Dogs and the Cougs and go with a holiday theme with three questions. Coming up next, right here on the Cover 3 Podcast on the Doug Lang Network.
Sports and activities allow you to show what skills you have, but sportsmanship shows the kind of character you have. Present yourself in a way that is respectful towards others and exemplifies honest character and good sportsmanship. Ethics, integrity, and respect are important values in our daily lives. On the playing field, these values are translated into a display of sportsmanship. Remember, sportsmanship, it's how you play the game. A message from the Northwest Conference and the Doug Lang Network. Welcome back to it. Final segment here of the Cover 3 podcast. Doug, Jeff, and Tyler with you online at onthedln.com. Also available to you on Stitcher, Apple iTunes, and TuneIn. So glad to have you listening along wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll get to uh, our three questions with a holiday theme here in just a moment. But first, uh, we will tell you, no game of the week on the Doug Lang Network this week. Just scheduling snafus. Uh, why does every game have to be on Saturday? And why is there travel? And, and after going all the way to Vancouver and back, it's okay. We'll, we'll survive this week. And looking ahead to next week, we'll give you the heads up now. There will be no Cover 3 podcast for week 13. It is uh, Thanksgiving week. And after working uh, either on Thanksgiving or a portion or all of Thanksgiving weekend in 27 of the last 28 years in broadcasting, podcasting, you name it. Uh, as the boss, I'm giving everybody the week off. It's just that simple. Plus 13 is... Bad unlucky. Luck. That's yeah, right. It's very unlucky. unlucky. So why why do a week thirteen podcast? Absolutely, and we feel so confident we will be doing a podcast for Championship Week because we feel like there'll be somebody there in the T Dome. So hopefully we'll have you back for all of that, and we'll wish all of you a great, uh, happy, enjoyable Thanksgiving week uh, weekend. The day itself, uh, spend time with some family, have some great food, and really enjoy yourself. All right. <clears throat> All that being said, it's time for three questions. Get to know your Cover 3 crew. It's the holiday edition. I think you saw this coming. Uh, excluding turkey, because if you don't like turkey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why? Just What are you doing? Best and worst food on Thanksgiving, excluding turkey. So mainly we're talking about sides here. Jeff, you're up. What do you got? Best is stuffing. 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 Hands down. I In, love out, stuffing. Out of the bird or separate? Doesn't matter. Okay, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, a lot of onions in there? Not too many onions. Okay. No, All right. That's no, where it gets not, a little questionable. Not too many onions. The onions and the celery, celery make me go. Yeah, yeah, you don't want a whole lot of either yeah. of those. Just right. enough to give it a little little uh, kick to it. But yeah, stuffing is by far the best. The worst is, uh, I'm going to go... You love it all. Sweet potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Not sweet potatoes. A sweet potatoes, yams, guy. No, yeah. no, no, no good. Yeah. Tyler, uh, yeah, I'd like to go mashed potatoes with gravy. Really? As my favorite. You would have that instead of the turkey, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. You kind of. You kinda, <laughs> when I looked at you when, uh, when I said turkey, you kind of were like, eh. You no, didn't. No. You, you didn't seem that no, plus. No, I like turkey, but it okay. always seems like you know. Do you want some of the dark meat, the light meat? I'm like, I don't care. To me, it's the same. Sure. So sure. I, yeah. you know, turkey is really turkey. what you slop on top of it. Turkey doesn't sure. have a tremendous <laughs> amount of flavor going in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I really love the mashed potatoes. Um, what I don't like is kind of. I don't like sweet potatoes, but yeah. I probably dislike more stuffing. Wow, wow! Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? So, um, no fan of bread, right? Well, <laughs> I like bread. Uh, sure, but you as, as, sure you do. Sure you do. The band in the seventies—they were wow. they're fantastic. Okay, nice. Uh, I was listening to that when I was calling games in seventy-seven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right, but uh, as soon as you said stuffing, I just kind of laughed because I thought that was the first thing that came to my mind with what I didn't like. Really? So, so yeah. you skipped the stuffing? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Uh, best. Uh, this is it's been one of my favorites. It's that uh, green bean casserole with the crunchy oh, yeah. onion rings on the top. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I I like green beans okay, but I mean, there it's rare when I'd be like I just want the green beans. I would just sit down to a platter of that uh by myself, which doesn't really make for a very hearty Thanksgiving or really in the spirit of the holiday <laughs> as Doug is sitting off by himself just growling at anyone <laughs> looking to get a get a get a swipe at the green beans. Uh, worst, um, I, I'm going to take it a step further. We all kind of agreed in some ways, um, but yams 
can kiss my butt. Yams are awful. I don't know who decided that a sweet potato was good, but it's bad. The only thing that's yeah. the only thing good sweet potato is fries. If you made sweet potato fries and I had some dipping sauce in there, then I'd be all over it. But I don't care if you put marshmallows on top of it. I don't care no. if there's cherries or candied or you haven't tried mine. No, just it's the same thing as potato salad. It's bad from beginning to end. I don't care who makes it or how you prepare it or if you really like it. It sucks, yeah. okay? Yeah. Remember that there, Miles Standish, okay? All right, moving on. We continue with the holiday theme. <clears throat> Do you shop the day after Thanksgiving? And what kind of store or sale would have to be going on to get you out on Black Friday? Tyler, you're up. Oh, man. I definitely do not shop. Ever. Because no. what you're supposed to do is be in some type of food coma still. You're going for the turkey sandwich with more mayo than you can stand, or Miracle Whip, uh, and, and and just watching football or whatever else that's going on. Not shopping. Yeah. Never, ever? No. Okay. I'm usually working. Okay. So, so what kind of store would it be that would get you to go? Oh, man. Or what kind of sale going on? It would have to be a store to, that could talk my managers into let me have the day off. <laughs> and that'll never happen. At, so I think um, that's in some kind of gift card. Yeah, probably at the at yeah, the checkout counter. Right. It, I mean, it'd probably be like a, like a Mariner's team store doing some okay. sort of sure. uh, discounted tickets or something like that. That would be something that might get me to go. Okay. Jeff, I, you have a youngster. Yeah, I which do. means that maybe there's been the pull to go out for some Black Friday shopping. How about you? No, no. There, uh, you know what? If I really want something that bad, I'm not gonna fight my fellow people and wow. get in a fist fight to save five dollars on a TV. Well, it's not worth it. Well, what kind of holiday season guy are you? I'm an Amazon guy. There. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping so, yourself in business, that's I see. Right. Yeah, I keep myself, yeah, you know, we get delivered to my own house. But, you know, I... What would it take? What kind of store? What kind of sale? What kind of something? It would have to be, oh, man, probably some sporting goods. You yeah. know, something like if I was going to get my kid bats or something like that. Right. Or, you know, it would have to be something that he really wanted for me to go out and get. But I, I went once. Yeah. And... It was with my sister-in-law. I was back in Michigan probably seven years ago. Yeah. I went back to Thanksgiving, and she talked me into going with her after Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, how'd that go? We got we left at 10 o'clock at night. I got back around 9.30 the next morning, Ooh. and no. I came back with a sound bar. That was it. That was, that was it. it. Yeah, I... Yeah. Well, how much money it. did you save roughly? Probably about nine ninety nine or there. something like that. <laughs> well, well worth it. <laughs> Quite an adventure. Yeah. Chalk yeah. that one up. Uh, yeah. Put it off the old bucket list. Uh, let's be clear. I have done Black Friday one time, just like Jeff. Uh, I was not with uh, Jeff's sister or sister-in-law. I couldn't remember what she said. but uh, And I wasn't in Michigan. Uh, but it sucked nonetheless. Um, I, I, it would be like... If, if somebody wanted me to do it again, I would rather eat an entire platter of yams than go. <laughs> it 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 was awful in yeah. that people were grabbing stuff that I, I don't even know if they were going to buy it, but it was just this feeding frenzy and people are knocking people over. And, and when I talk to people that do this and there are people that love doing this, what they spend what they save doesn't seem like enough for the chaos and panic and craziness no. that's associated with it. I'm sorry. Uh, like now, if you had a great sale on, I don't know, like a new Audi or you know a Porsche or something. I, I mean, I need a drastic Black Friday sale. I mean, I need 50% like percent off yeah, at least. Uh, yeah, ninety yeah, percent off. Yeah. You know, you know, zero down. <laughs> you know, twenty-five years payments. I, I'm in. Then I'm there. Uh, but otherwise, no. I just I can't see doing it. More power to those that do, especially those that are doing it and buying me something. Enjoy yourself, but no, not not for me. <laughs> Finally, our holiday-themed third question. What is the most different, weirdest thing you've either eaten or done on Thanksgiving? Something out of the norm. Many years ago, back in high school, we had a windstorm that knocked out all the power in our area down in Edmonds. 
my grandfather was up, and we we actually ate like like pork and beans that we cooked on like a uh, like a Coleman stove because all the power was out, no oven was working, no nothing. It, it felt very uh, rustic. And, I, I remember that uh, year. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that there year. There you go. There was a lot of power. And any year. weird any weird foods you've eaten? There's people I hear that go out to eat sometimes and eat like, oh, they, we went out and had Chinese food. Just totally different for Thanksgiving. Anything? Anything? What you got? Uh, actually, one year I was that I did not. I wasn't home for Thanksgiving. I was in North Carolina. Yep. And... The people I was with, they just didn't cook. And so we decided, well, it's Thanksgiving. We've got to go out and eat. We were in the mountains of North Carolina. Uh-oh. And we found a hotel that had a restaurant. And <laughs> you look pretty enough to eat. <laughs> it, yeah, it was that kind of group in there. And I think I, can't, I, I, think I might have had chicken wings for dinner for Thanksgiving. Wow. That Felt might, a little bit weird. Yeah, it felt really weird. Yeah. It just wasn't right. Did they look at you a little sideways when you demanded stuffing? I don't know if they were looking at me or looking at the person next to me because they had one eye straight and the other one going the other okay, way. Okay, so, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, not working for the tourism board, I see. No. Tyler, what you got? Uh, it was probably about five or six years ago, and uh, I was working crazy hours at the chocolate factory, probably over 100 hours a week. This and is the Willy Wonka chocolate yeah, factory. That's right. He is the guy that hides the golden tickets. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have hidden golden tickets before, nice. actually. Um, and uh, I was so tired. I I was so excited that I didn't have to work. It was about 60 days straight of working, and uh, that was the one day off. And so I just slept. And I woke up at about, oh, man, it, it was probably close to midnight the next night. <laughs> And I woke up, and of course I slept through everything. No big deal. I don't. Everybody in my family knows that. Leave me alone. It's my one day off. Right. And so I went to a Denny's the next morning at probably one thirty or two in the morning, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm about ready to go into work Friday morning. Right. And and I, the way I was dressed, I hadn't shaven forever. They they just sat me down and gave me vegetable soup. And and I didn't. They said I didn't have to pay for it or anything. And <laughs> they, they just said, thought you were a homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And so they they you know they said this is your time of year and oh, and wow. and uh, this will warm you up and those kind of things. And I'm in my track pants that are all ripped up that I've worn every day at work <laughs> and and I had a big beard and everything. And um, yeah, wow. it was strange, but it made me feel pretty good. Yeah, actually. you were like, oh, this is good and all, but can I get moons over my hammy here? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, this was uh, back in uh, turbulent teen times. Uh, I was going, my mom and I were feuding as uh, we, you're apt to do when you have a little teen angst in your system. And uh, I was going to teach my mom a valuable lesson about just how important I was. I don't need to spend Thanksgiving with you. I'm spending it with Dad. I'm going to Dad's house, and that's where we're going to have Thanksgiving, and it's going to be great. And my dad, back then, didn't really do a big traditional Thanksgiving, unless I would soon find out that there was no plan to get together with my grandparents for a turkey dinner or a goose or anything like that. Uh, And instead, he broke out the TV trays, and we had tacos sitting around the house. I never (laughs) battled my mom on the holidays ever, (laughs) ever again. There you have it. Hopefully enjoy the holiday-themed version of Three Questions, and hopefully you have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. That's the Cover 3 Podcast 2-Minute Warning here on the Doug Lang Network. Time for us to wrap it all up with the two-minute warning and our picks. No Seahawks as they played on Thursday. Who knows what the outcome will be? Oregon State, UW, 130 at Husky Stadium. What you got? Uh, Huskies. 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 Yeah, giant shocker on that one. <laughs> Tyler? Yeah, same. Huskies. I uh, and I heard Jeff's going to be going to the game, so I hope you have a blast. Thank you. Absolutely. Arizona at Wazoo, 730 in Pullman, can they keep it rolling? I hope so. I, I you re- don't care about the Cougs one bit. You just are setting them up for the Apple Cup. Well, yeah, but yeah. I really, I really want them to win this week. I, yeah. I want them on the verge of the playoffs coming into the Apple Cup. 
Tyler. Did you say it was another late night game? 7.30. Yeah, I think Cougars definitely against the, the hot the hot school. You know, I think that the Cougars at home should win this. Yep. Late night, I think it continues. And I just want to see more post-game interviews with Leach wearing that fake mustache. It's worth it. It's it worth is. it to it me. It really is worth it. Wazoo gets the victory. That'll do it for us. Remember, no Cover 3 podcast next week. But we'll be back at it the week of the state championships. Best of luck to the Mountaineers, the Trojans, the Lions, and the Lynx in the quarterfinals. Thank you so much for listening along. We'll plan on talking again. This has been Episode 12 of the Cover 3 Podcast. So glad to have you listening along right here on the Doug Lang Network. Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 Podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.